Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to talk to our first cancer um, warrior today on the show. Um, our first guest is Sandy Pitchers Keel. And, and Sandy's also known as Dirt Barbie. And I'm not going to tell you why, because Sandy's going to tell you why. So, Sandy, welcome. So lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much. Um, good to be with you people. Well, it's, it's um, great to have you, Sandy. So, I mean, not everyone has a name like Dirt Barbie. I'm sure everyone's intrigued. Why are you called Dirt Barbie? It, it probably sounds pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because for um, years and years I've been racing motorbikes and I transitioned from um, racing on track with superbikes to racing on dirt with dirt bikes. And um, I had very long blonde hair, and um, you know, 15 years ago, I was quite pretty. <laughs> so, you know, and I was very good at what I did. So the name just sort of materialized, and people started calling me that. Well, they called me pink because my bikes were always pink. And I actually, they were pink because uh, my mom had breast cancer. She had a double mastectomy. Yeah, and then it was also pink for promoting um, anti-woman and child abuse. Wow. So, yeah, people just, those were the two names, pink or dirt Barbie. But I thought, you know, pink is like a superstar. I'll go with dirt Barbie. <laughs> wow, Sandy. So you don't shy away from challenges. Um, you like these kind of extreme experiences, motor motorbiking and racing and doing all of these incredible things and adventures and standing up for what you believe in, as you say, wearing the pink. And so it sounds like a life with a, a great purpose and, and, well, just basically what you've said. But, but of course, we all come across you know, little turns in the road and bumps in the road and sometimes um, huge bumps in the road. And yours yes, came form, Yeah, yours at the oh. beginning of this year. Um, do you want to do you want to share with us, Sandy? You you okay. had an accident in, in January, am I correct? In December, yes. So besides all my other medical problems, why I had to stop racing. In December, I was going with a friend. And we were going to just go and do as many dirt passes in the Eastern and Western Cape we could in a month. And on our first day out, um, 500 and I think it was 80 k's into the trip um, near Kharib Dam, for some reason he rode into the back of my bike. And I was actually busy turning and I'd signaled to him and I'd put my hand out that I'm going to be turning. And when I looked in my mirror, he was about 400 meters from me. And as I was about to dip the bike into turn, I was on the tar. And I was like, what on earth just happened? Anyway, so we got up and um, he was, he, after a moment, I thought he was dead because he was lying so funny. Ran up to him, wake up, wake up. Anyway, so we got him away, carried on riding. Somebody eventually stopped, helped us. We got the bikes up and carried on riding. I didn't feel any extreme pain or anything. Got to where we were staying that night. I went and showered. And I was covered in bruises, my knees, my elbows, half my one jacket was missing. <laughs> I don't even know where it was. But I had no extreme pain. And then the next day we carried on to Caleb's, Caleb's store. 
and we went and we stayed um, at a farmhouse there. And the next day we went into Kalistal proper to have breakfast and I could not sit. I could not sit with my back against anything. I was so uncomfortable. I was in agony. So I said to him, I think we should progress to Jeffrey's Bay. Let me go to my sister. Let me go see what's going on because this pain is getting worse. So we went off to my sister in Jeffrey's Bay and I went for x-ray, sent him to a doctor in Joburg. He said, look, they're really not good x-rays. Can I go for more? So I said, you know what? I'm coming back to Joburg. I'll sort it all out when I get to Joburg. Anyway, so I spent about 10 days at my sister's place trying to get rid of the pain, living on cataflam and anti-inflammatories and whatnot. And eventually rode my bike back over three days back to Joburg. Sure. Where everyone said, you're mad, you're mad. Yeah, and that pain, I'm sure, must be yeah. very challenging. So I did it. I arrived back at home safely. And then I was like sort of feeling fine. I think, you know, the accumulation of anti-inflammatories was working very well. And then about the 17th of January, I started throwing up blood and I was coughing and oh, just not well. So I went to the doctor and he booked me to see a specialist the next day. And I went to see the specialist and they put me in ICU. And obviously they did a CAT scan and on the CAT scan they saw something they didn't like. And then I went for a biopsy. So I think it was the 21st or 22nd of January. They told me that I've got this small cell lung cancer. The, the actual name is neuroendocrine, small cell carcinoma, and then with paraneoplastic syndrome. <clears throat> so I don't just get the one thing. I've got to get two things. <laughs> sure, that's quite a mouthful. So I believe it's a very rare cancer and a, a very aggressive about, cancer. And it's very rare. It's aggressive. There, there isn't really a cure. I have limited the last time I did a PET scan. It had responded very, very well to treatment, and they changed my treatment a little bit. But this is what the small cell lung cancer does, is it does respond very well to treatment initially, but it can come back really aggressively. And there isn't like a, a real cure. So I have a PET scan on the 15th of August to see where we are. I have been feeling well. I promise you that the chemo and radiation knocked me for six. Yeah. I have never in my life felt so ill I just just feels like like a nightmare that I've lived through a nightmare mm. and and I think part of me is in denial about what's wrong with me because I do generally feel fine I just have a lot of side effects from the chemo and radiation which is hampering me um, I have very bad neuropathy so yeah my feet are basically numb Sure. You know, going to physiotherapy, trying to sort it all out. My one leg's quite lame. And we'll just have to see where we are on the 15th. Wow. Um, what what you, a what a what a thing, Sandy. What a what a no, thing. It is. I want to ask you, I mean, so this accident and being in this pain and going to doctors and then eventually bringing up, which you know, alerted the doctor to something else, bringing up yeah. blood. Um, you know, this is how you were then diagnosed with this cancer. What would have What would have happened had you not had the accident? I mean, how well, would, would this know. very real I mean, cancer, that... what symptoms would have come up for you? Well, coughing up blood, I suppose. But yeah. I mean, through the accident, obviously, my lung collapsed, but it was probably going to collapse anyway because of 
the lung, yeah. the lung cancer. And I broke some, and some ribs were broken. So I actually, you know, really thought, okay, I've broken ribs before, but this this pain felt different. So without the accident, we might have only known I had this cancer when it was probably too late. Oh, yeah. Because mm. undiagnosed, you've got a very, very small window of life expectancy. And listen, let me tell you, it's scary because some nights you do, you wake up in your facial mortality. Yeah. Because very few make it past five years. I think the ratio is 7% or something get to five years. Mm. So it's, it's not um, a good place to be in, but I'm trying to remain positive. I haven't despaired, as I said, I think I'm in denial. <laughs> and I'm stubborn, so I just try and carry on my life. And being restricted now and not being able to do the normal physical activities I normally do is so frustrating. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, I as you someone, say. Yeah, it's like someone took part of my life away from me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't shy away from, you know, pushing yourself and, and fear doesn't come into it. So it's it's a different kind of fear and a different realm that you, you're in at the moment, um, Sandy. You, you mentioned that your mother had breast cancer and a double mastectomy. And then for you to be diagnosed and for the oncologist to turn around and say to you, listen, with this diagnosis, the prognosis is not good. Uh, it's gonna yeah. you're gonna be around a year, so start enjoying your life and try and you know what's on the well, bucket list. Go and tick that off. What, uh, oncologist, what, especially one oncologist, he just said, "I oh, will just go enjoy your life and live your life." And yeah, I was so, like, "Hold on a moment." <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. Someone else, you know, it's ah. Uh, you know that's what that's what I suppose you know the 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 medical books say. But as you said, you decide. You have agency over your body and what happens. Well, certain amount, certainly anyway, and certainly your mind and your attitude. Exactly. So the question that I w was going to uh, Sandy was with your mother being diagnosed when you were, you, you know, in your lifetime, and then you having mm -hmm. this diagnosis emotionally. You said you have to face your mortality, but how are you? How are you coping with that? Has it brought stuff up for you? We're going to take a quick break, but maybe we can just speak to that. Yeah, you know, when how are you coping on on that level? So, yes. Sandy, a two minute break. We will be right back. Okay. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. And this is the DL Link Show. I'm Nikki Severini. And uh, on the show today, I have Sandy Pritchers Keel. Yeah, Sandy, also known as Dirt Barbie, is an adventure junkie from uh, Mondial here in Joburg. And um, she's ridden bikes, she's raced bikes, she's done incredible things. And just in December, um, on her trip down to the coast, she was in an unfortunate accident. Whole lot of events um, then transpired only to be diagnosed with a very rare cancer. And that's been um, Sandy's year, you know, it's been a year of treatment. I think it was 33 um, radiation yeah. sessions, um, okay. four chemo cycles. And just, you know, lots and lots and lots happening. And I know that Sandy had to jump onto the back of Buddy to raise funds to ask her friends to come together because although she was on a medical aid, of course, there are all those additional costs. And um, Sandy started off by saying that her mother had been diagnosed with breast cancer, that she had had a double mastectomy. And so just before the break, Sandy, I said for you to have that diagnosis, um, having 
the experience of your mother being diagnosed what was that what was that like for you um you've said you're in denial but emotionally how, how have you been dealing with that look emotionally i've been fine like i said i think a lot of my psyche is in denial like i like to pretend this isn't really happening yeah um, but it is i mean every time i walk past the mirror i see my bald head <laughs> And I mean, that was a big thing. I used to have beautiful, beautiful, long blonde hair, you know, and I cut it off and I donated it to the Cancer Association who make wigs for cancer patients. So I knew I was going to lose it. So I thought, why waste it, you know, and do that. So I did that. And then it started really falling out. <laughs> and then you bawled and... That's the only thing is when I walk past a Moraga, oh my God, you know, yeah. I have got this thing. But emotionally, I've been okay. I can't say, I think I've probably had a bit of anger here and there. And I have woken up like three o'clock in the morning a few times and thought, I know what it's like to die. What do you experience before you die? Mm. You know, sure. you close your eyes and you're gone forever. Yeah, sure. So these uh, long, long nights with lots of deep thoughts. Um, yeah, saying, so you yeah. do. But I, mean, I can't say that I've dissolved into a bundle of despair and depression or pulled my eyes out at any stage. Mm. Uh, you know, you just got to be strong. You've got to be positive and you've got to keep the, the bad thoughts away. Yes, they might come flooding at me maybe when I reach end of life, whenever that happens. Maybe it's all different then. Maybe it's a different reality. But it's, 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 you, nobody can walk this walk. Nobody can fully understand what you're going through. You are actually alone. Yeah. And that's the hard one because unless somebody's experiencing exactly what you are experiencing, that they cannot give you the, the support or the empathy that you need. It's 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 a difficult place to be. Sure, that's and, so interesting. And angry. Yeah, I was just saying, Sandy, that's so interesting because you've had, you know, you've got the support system. You've got all these people um, who are there for you. This, as I said, this backer buddy, and yet you're saying that it's such a you're kind of on this path on your own. There's so, so, so you're talking very about really having to dig deep and find that within you so absolutely. you can be walking on this path. And I'm sure every cancer patient will probably agree with me yeah. is that you are alone to a certain extent. Yes, all the love around me, the support has been absolutely amazing. And I think it's probably really helped me keep stay positive, you know, it really, on an external level, has, has kept my spirit up because so many people are supporting and loving me. I mean, I had no idea until I saw the, the way the people supported me. It was just incredible, and I was so deeply touched. And I'm eternally grateful to everyone who helped me. I mean, imagine I don't have a job and I've still got to sort medical aid out. And I mean, if I tell you that this little journey, I spent a study that two days in hospital as well. So since the, since the 17th of 
January this year till now, this has cost nearly over a million rand. Fortunately, mostly covered by my medical aid and my gap cover, but if I'm unemployed, how do I pay those things? Mm. So it's all helped me. All those people who, who put money towards supporting me in this situation has been a tremendous help. It's taken so much worry away from me. Yeah. I know that um, your sister came up um, to help you when you were going through the treatments and you mentioned she lives in Jeffrey's Bay and she's gone back. But one well, that, story I'd love you to share. Yeah, I'd love you to share this one story with our audience. You've mentioned having this beautiful long hair and, uh, you know, you say you've got this rebel heart. Um, and so you you actually snuck out of hospital. And I mean, literally snuck out of hospital. Like no one knew that you had decided to get out of your bed and leave. Um, and you met your sister in the parking lot. Um, and she was there waiting with the engine running, the car ready to go. Where was she taking you? Well, she was taking me off to the hairdresser so I could have my hair cut and donated yeah. to cancer. Yeah. So off we went to to the hairdresser. Um, Brett did an amazing job. So he cut my hair short and he he had uh, worked with other cancer patients who were donating their hair to cancer, which happened to be just down the road from him. So we had the haircut, rushed to cancer, gave them my hair, rushed back so he could continue doing what he did to my hair. If you go to the back of the buddy page, I think there's pictures there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I got a phone call from the hospital <laughs> to ask, ask me where I am. So I said, no, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I'm having coffee. No, you're not. <laughs> We've been looking for you. <laughs> you better come back now or be getting the police onto you. <laughs> I said, no, you don't have to go to such place anymore. We're coming now. So, of course, my thinking heart rate really went up. I thought, oh, my God, what are they going to do? <laughs> anyway, so we rush back and we get lost in the umbrella because we're trying to do shortcuts and everything because we'd been gone for about a good five hours. Anyway, so I get out of the car, rush up to the ward, and I step out, and, of course, my face had been made up by a makeup artist and my hair was completely different and it was really, really stunning. Brett did an amazing job. And then they just all stood there and they said, wow, look at you. <laughs> so I was forgiven, instant forgiveness. <laughs> you came back looking like a different person. <laughs> yeah, I said, oh, my gosh, you look like a model. <laughs> oh, that's a wonderful yeah, so story. Was, yeah, so, you know, as much as I was attached to my hair, I wasn't vain about it, but I do miss it. It was my crying glory. Uh, yeah, I think that must be a, a huge challenge. I mean, you've said, yeah, Sandy, um, oh, it's one of the best experiences of your life, that whole experience of having it done. But you said it's something that every girl has to do at least once in her lifetime. What is that? Is that shedding? Is that letting go of what we're attached to, how we think we look? What do you mean by that? No, I think like... So many people go and have their hair cut, like people's long hair, go and have their hair cut. And we, and we just throw our hair away, you know, like. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. So for me, there's all these other people in need of wigs. Eventually yeah. I take to go buy a wig. <laughs> so there's people in need of wigs because your hair does take a long time to grow back. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to go somewhere special, you don't really want to 
uh, with a bald head or a spiky head. So donate to a worthy cause because cancer, um, the Cancer Association of South Africa, takes this hair and gives it to wig makers and then makes wigs for cancer patients from little children upwards, you know. And if you go to their offices and see all the pictures of people with wigs on, you know, it's just amazing. I think it's amazing. I think instead of wasting your hair, donate it to the Cancer Association of South Africa. Absolutely. Because they can do something worthy with it. And, yes, in that process, you are are changing yourself. And I, I can't describe it, but I mean, there is a change that happens. There's a, there's a new way that you look at things. Hmm. Um, I, I can't explain it, but it, there is a change that happens. Um, and it has been such an incredible experience to have done that because I just feel like I made a contribution. Yeah. Wow. I made a contribution. Fantastic, Sandy. So, so you're going for the PET scan um, in August, um, yes. and you've gone through your treatment, and you slowly, slowly, you know, as you say, he's sort of growing back a little bit. But the backer buddy, are you still raising funds? What's what's going with that? What's happening with that? Um, at the at the moment, there aren't funds coming in, and I'm not making a huge thing about it at the moment because I've had sufficient to cover me up until now. So it's it's taken care of. I mean, the petrol up and down to these appointments and everything was it was a huge amount of money, you know. So it's covered a whole lot of gaps that were in this this process that I've been through. So I'm not actively asking for donations at the moment because I don't know what's coming. I hear you. I, I will hear. only know what's coming from the 15th of August. So if I am in remission, God willing, for for a period of time, then, you know, I don't really need that financial support. Mm-hmm. But if it comes back and says that I um, must start preparing for end of life, you know, it, it is a different situation we're facing. Yeah. But, but for now, I don't think it's an urgency. It's not a a huge thing to have to get money in. Um, there was a huge amount that was collected that really, really, really saw me through. Mm. And, and well, I mean, I the, 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 the amount of generosity was just overwhelming. Amazing. Well, Sandy, I just, I, I want to thank you for coming onto the show and for, Having uh, yeah, Dirt Barbie. And I'm just imagining <laughs> you, you know, on the pink motorbike with the long blonde hair and doing incredible, crazy things and and coming onto the show and sharing your story, you know, and talking well, about, um, as you say, so, you know, so, so openly yeah. and honestly. So we appreciate that, um, Sandy. And well, we, thank you very we're really much. grateful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank and you just really, yeah, and wishing you, wishing you good health and healing. And please, God, healing. Um, we'll be thinking of you, Sandy, and only sending thank you so good much. vibes, thank healing you. vibes your thank way. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sandy um, pictures kill dirt Barbie. Yeah, extreme motorbike and an absolute adventure junkie and uh, and now walking the cancer journey and, uh, you know, just explaining and, and expressing her feelings and sharing her story. And I'm sure 
many of you listening right now can relate to it and we all can and that you know those long dark nights waking up and having to really consider one's um, mortality 